Welcome to the Should Have Bet More podcast presented by Go Boys. Joining us today, Ian McMillan of the Hammer Network, Bacon Bets podcast. Talk to him about all things NFL and what was just an incredible weekend. And we'll discuss that with him. We'll talk about these championship games, but we'll start with this weekend, man. We didn't get much in the wild card round. We got Rams lines was pretty good. The other five were blowouts. Saturday afternoon, Ravens, Texans tied at the half. Then Ravens pulled away. And then we got the, the remaining three games were all good games. I would say two classics and, and Detroit Tampa was pretty good. Detroit getting to an NFC championship game, obviously interesting, but you got to start Kansas city and Buffalo and what was just another one in these uh, in a long line of these just heartbreaking losses for Buffalo. Now Buffalo, this is not as bad as the 13 seconds came two years ago. The bills were not as good as the chiefs on this day with all the injuries. I mean, the chiefs were just the better team all day. The chiefs only punted once in the, in, in the ball game, the chiefs closed out the first half, taking a knee. They closed out the game, taking a knee. And there was one punt in between Kansas city went up and down the field. Uh, I know people, you know, put it on the kicker. And obviously anytime a kicker misses like that, you just, man, he is the villain. You feel bad for him. I, and look, I, you can feel bad for him all you want. I would not bring him back if I'm Buffalo. I just, I don't want that kind of bad juju hanging over my franchise. I wouldn't trust him to ever make another big kick for me. That ball, uh, that that took a nasty right turn, and I didn't think he was going to make it. I, I thought, you know, they could have gotten closer. I thought they got a little too cute with the clock. Allen, you know, played well in the game, but there were some underneath throws he could have made to, you know, get him closer, get a first down. Uh, he he was, you know, the second down he he took a shot in the end zone. Now there was a, a play earlier in the quarter where Diggs dropped, so I can't kill Allen too much. But the bottom line is that the Chiefs were the better team, and even if Bass makes the kick, you got a minute forty ch- and change left. Chiefs have timeouts. Chiefs are probably going to get in field goal range. Not, you know, nothing's for sure. You get a tip pass, you get an interception, you can get a three and out. Uh, but the Chiefs are still in good shape. If that game is tied and they have the ball, first of all, you got to stop the Chiefs, keep them out of field goal range, hope Bucker misses, something like that. And then you got to win the game in overtime. So there was still a lot to do. You really needed, if you were serious about winning the game, if you're Buffalo, you really needed to get in the end zone and get in the end zone with like, 20, 30 seconds left, 40 at most, and just hope you can hang on for D-Live. Take KC's timeouts, trump them all their timeouts, and that's how you win the game. Kicking that field goal, that's not – when you cross midfield like that, the idea was not to kick a field goal with 140-something left to tie. A, a, a tough field goal, too, and considering the conditions, the cold, the wind, the pressure, uh, and at best you're going to tie. That was not the idea, so I don't think they were going to win the game even if you made the kick. It was a little bit of an empty ending. You wanted to see, first of all, it was just such a treat to watch. You wanted that game to go on forever. You wanted somebody to win the game. You didn't want somebody to just lose the game like that, and you felt like Buffalo lost the game. But, hey, uh, Kansas City certainly left their points on the board, too, with the crazy fumble out of the end zone. I mean, it was just, boy, you can't say too much about Mahomes. That, that, that That's not true. I mean, he's just, it's like betting against Michael Jordan when you're betting against him. I mean, he's that good. Now, he might go to Baltimore this week and just be over, man. That's a really good Ravens defense. Lamar's great, but... Mahomes is just incredible. I mean, it just feels inevitable that he's going to win the game. It feels, boy, it feels like the Brady Patriots. It feels like Jordan, if you're old enough to remember Jordan. It just feels like there's no way this team can lose. It feels like an act of God to beat this team. That's how good Mahomes is. I mean, that would have been, that was shaping up to be if the Chiefs had lost, that would have been a tough game because they had a few chances with the ball up three, the fumble out of the end zone, the punt. There was a bad call against uh, the Bills that thankfully didn't factor in, but just a classic game. And, you, know, you start to wonder if if you're the Bills, is this ever going to happen? Are you ever going to get over the hump? Are you ever ever going to be able to beat this team in a big spot? I mean, you just you start to wonder. You finally got the Chiefs in their building, in your building. You finally got uh, the Chiefs in a, in a season where it felt like they didn't have a lot of weapons. 
And then, you know, your defense starts to get banged up. You can't get a stop. Uh, and you just, you can't come up with a play here or there. And that's, that's what these games, you know, come down to. I, it's going to get lost because the chiefs ended up winning, but there was almost a, a fumble return touchdown that Kincaid uh, before that. It, so it was third down catch fumble. Kincaid knocks the fumble around where the chiefs were, looked like they were going to scoop it and score and end the game. Kincaid knocks it to where Buffalo can recover the ball miraculously. They pick up the first down new life, but it was not to be for Buffalo. Feel bad for Buffalo fans. Really do. I mean, that's just that's a tough way to lose. Feel bad for the kicker. But the Chiefs march on. They will take on Baltimore. That is the early game next week. That is the early game on Sunday. So around 3 o'clock Eastern. Baltimore laying three. Total 44 and a half. We'll get into that game. I don't have any feel right away. I'm not dying to lay points against Mahomes. I'll tell you that. Uh, it's interesting. Baltimore's been in this game a bunch of times. They haven't hosted it. I mean, they went to the Super Bowl in 2000. They went in the 2012 season. They're always on the road in these spots. They went to New England a bunch of times. They went to Pittsburgh one time. Flacco's rookie year and lost. They're, they're, it's been a long time. I think 1970, I saw, is the last time they hosted an AFC Championship game. Baltimore just, it's amazing for a team that's always this deep in the playoffs. They're never at home in these title games, but they will be at home Sunday with a, a chance to go to the title game uh, as, as the Chiefs move on. Chiefs and Ravens, boy, Mahomes. Now his sixth season starting, he has made the title game in every single season. Made the Super Bowl three times, won it twice. I mean, what can you say? Just an incredible player. Not their best team by any stretch, but they got Pacheco. They got a pretty good defense. They got a good coach. Kicker who makes big kicks. And the Chiefs are now once again in the Final Four, two wins away from back-to-back Super Bowls. I don't think they're going to win it. I think eventually that la their lack of weapons will catch up to them. But hey, if you tell me you know, a month from now Mahomes won another championship... I'd be a little surprised because the team's I don't feel is that good, but you can't be shocked when it's Mahomes. So we'll get into that game. Uh, we'll just go here. I, I'll get this game out of the way just because it wasn't that interesting. Ravens Texans tied, like I said, tied at the half. That was only tied at the half because of the punt return. Baltimore, yeah, felt a little nervous end of the first half where Texans have a kick to take the lead. Like, oh my god, felt like Baltimore was dominating. All of a sudden, Texans, if they make this, they they got the lead going into half. He misses the kick. Baltimore scores right out of half. Get a stop, another score, and that game was quickly over. So uh, not much to get into there. The Ravens take care of business. Stroud looked like a rookie. They looked flustered. The million penalties. Uh, Stroud wasn't good in the game. They, they, that just was not a good performance from Houston, which you expect. It's a younger team. They looked overwhelmed. A dome team going outdoors in the cold. They just they looked out of their element, and they, they had their chances too. They drove the ball a bunch of times inside the 40, inside the 30, and just came away with no points, missed field goal sacks. But Baltimore was going to win that game. Baltimore was a significantly better team. Not much else to say about that game. The other game, which, you know, it's funny. If this game were on Sunday night, maybe I would, I'd be leading with this game because, you know, you, you you go with the game that's fresher in your mind because this was equally as classic. This might have been the better game with the Packers and the 49ers. If you're Green Bay, that's the toughest loss of the weekend. I know you're you're young. You got a, a good quarterback, a young quarterback. You feel like you'll be back. You can say, hey, my quarterback's 25. All my guys are young. You absolutely left one on the table, Green Bay. did. Green Bay dominated that game. They didn't just outplay San Francisco. They dominated. They dropped a pick six. They had the ridiculous spot where Love, QB sneaks it, and they somehow didn't give him the spot on that. I think it was the second drive of the game. So you look up, Green Bay gets a long drive. They have to settle for a field goal. Quick three and out where they drop an interception, probably for a touchdown. Drive again, and inside the 10, Love gets stopped. He shouldn't have gotten stopped. That was a first down, so it could have been easily 10-0, 14-0. It's only 3-0. San Francisco comes back, takes a lead. But really, Green Bay dominated this game for long stretches. Purdy, who I've defended, who I like as a player, was awful in the game. 
Uh, the most amazing stat of the weekend is that Purdy did not throw an interception because he was dying for a one. Uh, he threw about six. It's just none of them got caught. Some of them were so wild they couldn't even get caught. Now, he made some nice throws. He got him in the end zone when it counted, but he stunk in the game. And San Francisco absolutely gets away with one. If you're Green Bay flying home Saturday night, Sunday morning to Wisconsin, I, I again, I know you could say, hey, my team's young. We're fine. We'll be good. You don't get this many opportunities, and they absolutely left that game on the table. They should absolutely be playing in the NFC title game against Detroit this week. That was a total, total – look, you, you can't call it a collapse, but they absolutely gave the game away. When Jones breaks that run with a few minutes left in the game, six, seven minutes left in the game, in Green Bay territory, you figure, all right, minimum field goal, probably going to punch it in, and this game is over. They have to settle for the field goal. The kicker stinks. The kicker missed one. 49ers score. Uh, and, and love, look – I know everyone loves Love, and he's a good player. I like to have him. That was a terrible throw, a terrible decision. First down, 50 seconds left to throw the ball across your body. You got your timeouts. You do not. It's not like there's 10 seconds left in the game. You just have to throw it up for grabs. That was a terrible decision. He had Jones in the flat. He could have ran. You can't throw the ball like that. I know nobody knocks him, and if that were Purdy doing that to end the game, you'd never hear the end of it. That was a terrible throw, a terrible decision for Love, who was not good in the second half. He threw two interceptions. He should have thrown a third that was dropped in that little pass behind Jones. I think end of the third quarter, early fourth. Love was not great in the game. Again, I like him as a player. He, he's obviously shown a lot of promise. I, I thought he stunk for large stretches of that game. Green Bay absolutely should have won the game. And I will say this. They might go to the Super Bowl. They might even win the Super Bowl. Uh, San Francisco, a few things. That defense stinks. That defense is the most overrated unit in the league. They can't stop anybody. They got a couple stops here and there, held them to field goals. That, that's not a good defense at all. That's not a championship defense. In no way is that a big-time defense. And the coach, the coach is completely overrated. The way he handled the end of that first half was one of the more ridiculous things I've ever seen in my life. It's Third and two from the plus 42. You've got the best offense in the league. There's a minute 14 left in the half. And he basically runs out the clock. He doesn't snap it again until there's 34 seconds left. He wipes away. I know you don't want to give the ball back to Green Bay, but be a little more aggressive. Have a little more awareness of a clock. This is the same guy that didn't challenge Devontae Smith non-catch last year against Philly. Same guy who didn't go for it against the Rams the two years ago in the NFC title game when it's fourth and one. Totally swung that game. Uh, if, if a high school coach did what he did Saturday night with the clock, the end of the half, that'd be embarrassing. There's one 14 left to run out of time there and basically set yourself up where you can't get a touchdown. The best you can do is kick a long field goal uh, with a rookie in a monsoon. You can't set, uh, you got to be better than that with the clock. And the only reason, look, it'll get lost because they won the game. That is a terrible job by Shanahan. He stinks in these game management spots. His defense stinks. They are very beatable. Now they're loaded on offense. They're absolutely loaded on offense. They got McCaffrey. They got Ayuk. Debo, we'll see. He may or may not play. That's the other thing. He's always hurt. These guys, that's what drives me nuts. I mean, I was ready to kill the 49ers if they lost. Debo, first play of the game, hits his head. All right, check out his head. His head's okay, but his shoulder's out. His shoulder's hurt, and he's out. McCaffrey's rubbing his thigh the first series. I mean, these they're so brittle. And then when they lose one of these guys, the whole offense seems to fall apart. I, I don't love their offensive line. I don't love their defense, and I do not like their coach whatsoever. Now, again, they got Detroit. They're better than Detroit. They should win. I, and no way in hell am I laying seven here. I, I don't trust this 49ers team. I really don't. I really don't. And it might be possible where the AFC is just much better than the NFC. I mean, think about it. Just these these head-to-head -head matchups. The Ravens killed the Lions. The Ravens killed the 49ers in San Francisco, by the way. 49ers, their losses, they lost to the Ravens, they lost to the Bengals, they lost to P.J. Walker and the Browns. Uh, the Bills buried the Cowboys. The Dolphins, who aren't any good, beat the Cowboys. It might be possible here that the AFC is just much better than the NFC. 
Uh, I got a feeling that the champion does come from the AFC. That was not an impressive performance from the 49ers. Just a terrible job by Shanahan. Now he gets away with it, and the way things go, hey, you win, it just it gets forgotten about. But my goodness, that was oof, that was a terrible performance by Purdy, by Shanahan. J just very fortunate to come away with that win. And again, if you're Green Bay flying home to Wisconsin, you got a lot of time to think about that one because you should be playing. And they probably weren't going to win a Super Bowl anyway, but hey, you take the field against a Lion team you already beat, you already won in Detroit on Thanksgiving. Not impossible here. You, you, you're lining up this Sunday to go to a Super Bowl. I mean, that was right there for you. Just that, that was the worst loss of the weekend. That in Buffalo, it's tough because Buffalo has been here so much. You feel like their window's closing. Green Bay, they're younger. They weren't expected to be here. But Green Bay had the game. Buffalo, I never feel like had the game. But boy, boy those were some tough losses. Uh, Detroit, haven't mentioned that game. They take care of Tampa. They, they were pretty much in control throughout. You know, they scored first. It was 10-3 before the half. They did a terrible job letting Tampa. Tampa had like 40 seconds left. Went right down the field with 20 seconds left in the half. Tied the game. Just a terrible performance defensively in that last uh, sequence in terms of the Lions right before halftime. Just letting Tampa drive the field and drive it so quickly. You figure at best, the old, or at worst, you give up a field goal there. That was not uh, good defense there. They just let Evans get open a couple of times, but. They made plays when they had to. They're very balanced on offense. They pieced together enough stops. They're just a better team than Tampa, uh, if you noticed. And, and shout out to Brenton, my brother-in-law, who pointed this out after the game. He's like, did you see what happened with the clock at the end? I was like, what, what are you talking about? They, they took knees. There was no way to stop it for Tampa. Detroit gets the ball back. Up eight, minute 33 left. Not enough time to stop it if you're Tampa. The, if you kneel it properly and you do the clock properly, that's it. The game's over. Detroit snapping the ball with like 17 seconds left. To the point where they take their last knee. It's third down. They take a knee. So now it's fourth down. There's 33 seconds left. Tampa still has a timeout. Tampa never calls the timeout. They walk off the field. See you later. We lose. Game over. See you next year. I mean, chances are Detroit kicks the field goal, makes it. But who knows? Maybe they kick it and you miss. Maybe you block it. Uh, very strange on both ends. Very strange Detroit just screwing up the clock. Very strange on Tampa not recognizing. I know it's just it's a foregone conclusion. You figure, hey, 133. We turned it over. Only one timeout. You're doing the math in your head. The game is over. My goodness. I mean, how dumb are these teams? How do you not? How do you? Jeez. Can you imagine if they lost that game? I mean, can you really? I mean, I know Cristobal did it in college with Miami. A minute 33, you just, you bleed the clock, you take a knee, rinse, repeat, you get out of there. They're snapping it with 17 seconds left. It's just, oh man. Anyone who thinks, hey, these guys, they've been in football for so long. They're professionals. They know what they're doing. They're, you know, they're smart. They make a lot of money. They're, they're beyond reproach. They are not beyond reproach. Some of these teams do some dumb dumb things i like cam i like campbell more than most people i think he gets a hard time i think and i like golf more than most people too i think golf's a decent player but boy you, you got to be a little more buttoned up than that you got you got to pay a little more attention just uh just left the window open and then bowls on the other end up oh, just see you later we're not going to call our timeout. we'll just we'll walk off the field very strange i don't know that i've ever seen that i really don't for all the strange things you see i can't remember a sequence where one team was running out the clock. I mean, I, I guess if you count the one with college with Miami, but where they're take they're aware enough to take knees, but they're not kneeling it with one on the play clock. I mean, they're snapping it with 17 seconds. Left. Very strange, very strange, but great weekend of football. Our final four is set San Francisco laying seven against Detroit Baltimore. Like I mentioned, laying three against the chiefs should be fun. Should be fine. I guess the only team that would shock me if they actually won the Super Bowl would be the Lions. I'd have a hard time seeing the Lions win two more and actually win the Super Bowl, but 
the league is wide. I mean, it's wide open. These teams are pretty balanced. They're all flawed. They all have their strengths. So excited for it. Kind of depressing. This weekend is over. It was such a fun weekend of football. We've only got two games left in the Super Bowl. So we'll, uh, we'll break all of it down next with Ian McMillan. So just wanted to recap these games and just, boy, you feel bad for Buffalo. I feel less bad for Green Bay because, again, they're young. They weren't supposed to be here. But, man, Buffalo, that's just – this is three out of four years you lost to him in the playoffs. This is just anytime you lose on a kick too, and that was that boy. It felt a little Norwoodish. It felt a little Blair Walshish for the Vikings. Any team, and it's one thing if you missed the kick by a little bit. Anytime the kick goes that far, uh, one way or another, it's almost like the Ohio State Georgia playoff game a few years uh, last year, the college football semifinal, where you miss by that much, you just tell the pressure gets to the kicker. So tough losses for the Bills, tough losses for the Packers, but just oh boy. A lot of football this weekend. You start at three o'clock Saturday afternoon or four thirty Saturday afternoon, and you just you go through. Uh, you know, the, the Sunday starts at three. And it's a weird feeling when you're, you're just so used to your Sunday routine where it's one o'clock, four thirty, eight o'clock. Those got those in between times kind of screw with you where it's one o'clock. There's no football, and you got to wait till three. So it doesn't feel like the early window. Doesn't feel like the late window. Then the six thirty, same sort of feel where it's not an early. It's not a Sunday night game, but it's. It's late enough where it feels like a Sunday night game, and the, you look up, the game ends at that weird time of like nine nine thirty, where it's you know not quite time to go to bed yet, but it's not you know it's not as late as you're used to. Very strange the uh, the times with the three and the the six thirty, but it'll be the same next week. We'll have two good games, and we will break those down next with Ian McMillan. This is the Should Have Bet More podcast. We will be right back. All right, we are back. Should have bet more podcast. Excited to talk to our next guest from BetSided. It is the great Ian McMillan. Ian, what's going on, man? Oh, not a whole lot. Um, I'm feeling hungover after the Chiefs uh, win last night, despite um, not even drinking. But yeah, <laughs> other than that, I'm doing well. Feel bad for Bills fans. I do. I just, man, especially when you lose at home in the playoffs. There's something about losing at home. Like when you lose on the road, it's like, hey, you know what? We could, uh, we'll come back next year. We'll, we'll get a better seed. We'll be at home. There's something to build on when you lose on the road. You almost expect to lose. You're supposed to lose. When you lose at home, there's nowhere to go. Yeah, lose at home to the team that's eliminated you twice in the past three years. And uh, at the end of the game, it was wide right, which uh, Buffalo fans. Uh, you know, wide right is, is a nightmare phrase to hear. And it's uh, one that they've heard before. And it's one that they heard again. If I was a Bills fan, I would rather lose any other way than wide right. I didn't think he was making it. Did you? No, not a chance. Yeah. <laughs> no. Especially when you're it's watching the Bills. You, when it's I'm, the Bills, the Bills that, in that spot are not making that field goal. 10 like the Vikings. Again. It's if like it the was, Vikings. Yeah. yeah. Just like the Vikings, just like my Falcons. If it's yes. the Chiefs, they'll make it. If it's the Patriots, they'll make it. If it's the Steelers, they'll make it. But if it's one of these cursed franchises, if it's the Browns, they don't make it. If it's the Vikings, they don't make it. The Bills, the Falcons, we're not going to make it. But uh, of course, yeah. If it's the Bills, they're not going to make it. Wide right. Plus, you could feel the ten when you're nervous watching the game, when you can feel the tension, you're like, the kicker's human too. Like, yeah. gotta, he's got to feel that tension too, especially when you're just kicking to tie. And I don't know. Here's the thing. Like, I, I don't know how you feel. I feel like even if he made it, you're still probably going to yeah. lose the game. You're giving Mahomes a minute 50 left. It was 155 when he missed the kick. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're going to need to keep Mahomes out of field goal right now. Who knows? All you need is one stop, but they really hadn't stopped him much all night. So you're going to need to stop, and then you're going to need to win in overtime. I, I think too much is put on the kicker where, man, even if he makes it, it the, the only way to really win that game is you're going to have to get in the end zone and do it with like maybe 25, 30 yeah. seconds left and leave Mahomes very, very little time. 
Yeah, exactly. I, I I totally agree. I mean, Mahomes torched that defense all game. Um, they punted once uh, the entire game. I think the Chiefs did. Yep. Uh, and then yeah, he had like a full. He would have had like a minute fifty seconds just to get in field goal range. Um, yeah, who knows? Maybe Butker misses, but I mean, still, yeah. that's that's he's a good kicker. He's got a big leg. Yeah. 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 So uh, yeah, Chiefs were unless the Bills milked the clock and scored a touchdown late, because uh, then the then they would have been up by four. Chiefs would have needed a touchdown, not just a field goal. Uh, that was probably the Bills' only path to victory there at the end. Yeah, you start to wonder if it's ever going to happen for them, too. I, I would assume they bring the coach back and bring everybody back, but they're in rough salary cap shape. Uh, boy, they just got, they got so beat up on defense, so many injuries. I, mean, I, I know when it's defensive guys, especially not like marquee names, people just sort of brush under the rug because it's not guys that like we have on our fantasy team or guys we heard of or guys we bet on, but, man, they just they got beat up with so many injuries. That digs drop was awful, so it's yep. a tough one. You got you got to feel for them, tough ones. Yeah, tough one. Uh, and I is Diggs gonna come back? I don't think so. I, I actually just I tweeted this morning as Stefan Diggs deleted all trace of the bills from his social media. Oh, wow. that seems like that's coming. I'm not yeah. saying he has, I'm saying it's gonna happen within the next month. Stefan oh, right. Diggs will delete all bills, all trace right. of the bills from his social media, and he might be gone. It's tough. You you start, I mean, like Mount Allen makes 50 something million when you make that much of the money, which he's he's worth it, he deserves it. It's just it's hard to build the team around him. Uh, any other takeaways from the weekend? Uh, just in general. Uh, yeah, I kind of went at it on uh, social media with people about Brock Purdy. Um, I've, I, I feel strongly that Brock Purdy is a, I, I say a very good quarterback or a great quarterback. Um, nothing makes me more angry than people on social media who are saying Brock Purdy's actually terrible, which does not make any sense. And they say I'm an idiot and don't know football for saying Brock Purdy's great. I don't think Brock Purdy is an elite quarterback. Um, and he definitely had a bad game uh, up until that game-winning drive. But to say that the guy who led the NFL in every single passing metric that you can list off, yards per pass attempt, uh, air yards per attempt, uh, adjusted EPA, uh, anything that you want to look at for quarterbacks, Brock Purdy was first. There's no way that there's an offensive system out there that exists that can make a terrible quarterback, which is what a lot of people were saying. They are saying, throw Sam Darnold in, he's better. There's no way there's an offensive system that can make a terrible quarterback rank first in every single passing metric that you can find that offensive. If that, if that off, offensive system exists, then I guess the quarterback position just doesn't matter. We should stop paying them because we can just get any bum off the street to come in play in our system and be the top ranked quarterback in the NFL. So I was getting heated on Saturday when people were talking about Brock Purdy. 100% agree with you. I think he's a really good player. I think his anticipation is accuracy. Now, worried me the other night. I mean, he was bad against the Ravens on Christmas, even though he wasn't as bad as his stats. A lot of those were fluky interceptions. I, I thought agree. he was really uh, – he he was all over the plate, to use a pitcher's term. And it, it's amazing. The, the craziest out of the weekend is he didn't throw an interception because he could have thrown like four or five yeah. of them. I thought he was all over the place. Who knows how much of it was the ball, the glove was coming on and off, and, you know, Debo's out of the game. Uh, but I, I think he'll play well going forward. I don't worry too much about him. The thing I worry about when he throws, like when he throws an early interception or near interception, his superpower, his best trait, I think, is anticipation and just letting it go before the receiver's open. And once he throws one early or almost throws one, you worry if he just gets that one fraction of a bit gun shy and that like affects his game. That that's the one thing I worry about with him. Well, I mean, he had a bad game up until, I mean, his his best part of the game against uh, the Packers was the game-winning drive. So yep. I, I actually thought that was a great sign from Purdy that, like, I mean, I sometimes agree. when quarterbacks have bad games, they just let it affect them as the game goes on. But he had a terrible three quarters, three and a half quarters, and then that one drive uh, was the best he looked, and it was a game-winning drive in a, in a pressure situation. So 
Uh, that is a promising sign. Especially, let's forget, this guy's young. What, what is this, his second year in the NFL? It, it seems like people don't treat him like he's a second-year quarterback. They treat him like he's like a big vet. Like, he's, st- he's a young guy that has stuff to learn, for sure. And if Purdy had thrown a game-clinching interception with a minute left, or 50 seconds left on the clock, and all, all those timeouts when he didn't need to, thrown across his body, and he threw two interceptions in the second half, like Love did, and Purdy would be getting killed. Now, Love's getting very little criticism, I would say. Right. I just I feel like there's this double standard for Purdy where every time he has a bad game, a bad quarter, bad hat, up oh, Purdy stinks, Purdy's a fraud. Yeah. Uh, it's very strange. It goes back to the the first time he started to play poorly. They lost to the Browns and they lost to Minnesota on Monday night. And people, oh, I told you so. And people are just waiting to say I told you so with Purdy. Very strange. Yeah. It is yeah, one bad throw, and you see social media like start to rip on him, like, oh, I knew this was gonna be the game that he was gonna get exposed as a fraud. I think I guess it just comes down to the fact that he was the last pick in the draft. Yes. Because that's the only thing that makes sense. It's like people are just convinced that because he was the last pick in the draft, he has to be a bad quarterback. Just completely forgetting that Tom Brady, the greatest football player of all time, was drafted what 199th overall. So like occasionally a good guy can come out late in the draft. So uh, I think that's what it is. I think if he, if he's a top 10 guy or even a first round guy, uh, maybe even a second round guy, um, I don't think people would be as quick to, to criticize, but they're just convinced that because he's Mr. Irrelevant, he has to be bad. There's no way that the last pick in the draft can be this good. Um, so yeah, they are quick to the trigger to pull the trigger on. Oh, he's a fraud. If he makes, you know, two bad throws in a half. And yeah, pe- people ripping on him in the first half. Yeah. I threw, a couple of passes that probably should have been interceptions. Um, but like, if you actually looked at his stats, he was like decent in the first half outside of those bad throws. Now he, I'm not going to deny he had to be, he had a bad game for sure. But like, it's not like he had like four interceptions in the first half. And it's interesting where the stat people like him and the former quarterbacks rave about him. They watch his, yes, like, Kurt Warren, yes. like, Oh my God, he does this on film. He does. It's the people who never played telling the people who did play. Oh, you don't know the game. It's very, it's a very interesting discourse. Yeah. that That's a great point as well. I interviewed Ryan Fitzpatrick halfway through the season around, I think we 10, 11, 12, somewhere around there. Name drop. Uh, and he was raving uh, about Brock Purdy, about his ability to, uh, anticipate, as you said, his ability to move his feet in the pocket. His footwork was fantastic. So, uh, yeah, you're right. Four former quarterbacks uh, speak very highly of him as well. The guys on their couch that really know the foot, no football. Like, oh, he's he's no good. It's very strange. All right. Uh, before we move on to these games, uh, what the hell was Shanahan doing before the half? I've never liked him in a big game. I think he gets very tight. Last year, not co- challenging Devontae Smith. Uh, a couple years ago, he punched fourth and one against the Rams on the other side of the field. I mean, he basically ran out the clock. It's third and two from the plus 43. I know you don't want to give Green Bay the ball back, but I feel like sometimes these guys in the Shanahan tree, the McVay tree, they're so good with the play calling. They get bogged down with this game management stuff. We saw McVay lose all his timeouts in the second half last year. That was very strange in the half with Shanahan. Yeah, I mean, few people are more experienced in the, in the Shanahan, you know, uh, choking when in big moments uh, than Falcons fans. He was our offensive coordinator with the 28 to three. Um he when things when he he gets frazzled a little bit with his play calling as good of a guy he is in terms of creating systems making all these great offenses he gets frazzled a bit um the 49ers also don't forget um when the 49ers were, uh, when they're super bowl against the chiefs they kind of blew that game late obviously it wasn't as big as 28 to 3 up this 10 with the ball blown. in the fourth quarter yeah he this guy in situations where like if the pressure's on a little bit and he's should be in a good spot he just needs to call things uh, uh right for a few minutes he, he he gets frazzled so it's something to keep an eye on with Shanahan it's it's this is not a one-time thing this is nope. now multiple occasions we've seen this with him. and it's funny he, you mentioned that Falcon Super Bowl they lost that Super Bowl by being too aggressive too reckless not running the snap countdown 
throwing the ball when all you need to do is run it, run the clock. And now he's sort of, he's, it's almost like he's scarred from that where now he's going the other way where he was too aggressive. He got burned. So now he's just like ultra conservative in these spots. It's very strange. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I mean, obviously other factors had to take in a place for that 20 to three loss. Devontae Freeman just decided not to block on what would have been a, if as long as we weren't sacked, we would have kicked a game ceiling field goal, but we don't need to talk with 20, but yes, therapy session. Uh, Yeah, I agree. It does. It it is kind of like he's overcorrecting from that game. I mean, that game's got to scar you. It would scar anyone. It scarred me and I'm, and I'm just a fan. It's I think about it every day. Yep. No, it's a good point. Overcorrecting. I think is a good word. All right. Uh, the games this weekend, chiefs, Ravens, we'll just start there. Ravens laying three. It's interesting for as much as the Ravens, like they're in and around these playoffs a lot. They make a lot of deep runs. They haven't hosted this game in a long time. It always seems to be on the road. They are home this time. Total 44 and a half. Any un- initial thoughts, leans for, for this game? Yeah, I love the Ravens in this one. Um, I think it's very easy to fall for the trap to not uh, people thinking just bet on Patrick Mahomes because he's an underdog. And fair enough, he's been a fantastic bet as an underdog, just won outright again as an underdog. But I, I think we need to kind of look at the big picture of things and not get too emotional from uh, their win against the Bills. And we need to remember that in football, just like a lot of sports, styles make fights. And I think the Ravens are a nightmare style for the Chiefs um, because the Ravens have, in my opinion, the number one secondary in the NFL. The only other team I think you could argue would be the Browns, but they were great at home, but terrible on the road. Overall, I think the best secondary in the the NFL this season was the Ravens. And what's the biggest weakness of the Chiefs? And we saw it, especially in the first half against the Bills, is their inability to stop the run. Uh, They have some issues stopping the run defensively and no team runs the football more than the Baltimore Ravens. So you got a team that can run the heck out of the football in the Ravens and then stop. Hopefully at least you would think in theory, the best secondary should be able to slow down Patrick Mahomes, especially with the chiefs weak receivers. Now, if Patrick Mahomes is loaded with a ton of uh, talent at receiver, then that's a different story, but this secondary can shut down these receivers. So I think stylistically, this is actually a nightmare matchup for the chiefs. It pains me to do so because Patrick Mahomes, he has some kind of voodoo magic where it seems like things go right for him and they might just end up winning this game. But if I were to look at this game objectively, I think the stylistic advantage goes to the Ravens in a big way. And they're at home here too. Uh, I, I'm going to be laying the points to the Ravens. It's so square to just be like, oh, I can't lay points against Mahomes. It's just so like, you know, simple. So maybe oversimplifying. I can't lay points against Mahomes. Maybe I'll end up doing it. I haven't really spent a lot of time just, uh, you know, thinking about this game, breaking it down. Um, if I bet it, maybe I would just bet the Ravens on the money line. I, I don't know where I'm at with this game. Mahomes terrifies me though, man. He just, he's so yeah. good. And yeah, they've, they've got a little Patriots Brady magic. They've got, I mean, I, I know it's, it's blasphemous to compare this person to anyone. There's a little Michael Jordan with Mahomes where yeah, uh, it just, it feels like it's man. It's just, you have to almost beat him twice. You have to like check the double check the score. Once it ends, it's just, it's so hard to actually beat this guy. I mean, think about it. Sixth year in the league. He's been in at least the AFC title game every year and lost in overtime both years. I mean, he's a play away from basically being in the Super Bowl every single year of his career. It's amazing. He has the trait, and you said it, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, uh, Tom Brady had the same trait where they hate to lose and they refuse to lose. And it's like as if the way they play is that like they stay up at night having nightmares about losing which is a trait that all of the great athletes have not to, I mean, I know we're talking football, but uh, just to make a reference to hockey, the Toronto Maple Leafs, my favorite team are arguably the most talented team in the NHL. They'll never win a Stanley cup because they have no players on their team that hate to lose. Mahomes has that trait. And it's so hard to beat a guy like that in the playoffs because they just refuse to lose. They're always at their best in the, in, in their biggest moments. They just, they're tricky. Um, 
so yeah, even though I'm going to lay with the points with the Ravens and I think objectively it's a great bet. Like I even set like the Ravens in my mind, like a four and a half point favorite. It still makes me nervous because Mahomes is Mahomes. He he can find ways to win games that he probably doesn't deserve to win. And he's done it now for years. How about the other game? 49ers laying. We're at six and a half now. Total 51. I think we opened 52 and a half. So there was some under money, which uh, I don't know. Uh, it would depend on Debo. I don't know that I want it under in that game. Uh, do you have any initial thoughts here? Lions and 49ers. Uh, yeah, I was hoping that this line was going to get down to six and a half. Now that it has it a few places here, uh, I think I'm going to I think I'm going to take a shot on the 49ers here. Um, the Detroit Lions significantly worse on the road this season. That gives me a lot of concerns for the Lions and also um, their defense. Bad. One of the worst secondaries in the NFL this season. I think 30th in opponent yards per pass attempt. I think memory serves 25th in both opponent dropback success rate and opponent dropback EPA uh, to beat this 49ers team who I think even though the 49ers didn't have their best showing against the Packers and that says something they didn't have Debo probably had like a C plus game B minus game for being honest and they still found a way to win uh, I think the 49ers are the best team in the NFL and I don't think you, you can have as bad of a defense as the Lions have and still beat the 49ers on the road even though the Packers almost did it I don't think the 49ers show up with their B minus C plus game two games in a row. Um, I think we see a lot better version of the 49ers this week. I think they might roll the Lions. It concerns me a lot with the Lions being on the road. Don't disagree with anything you said. My only hesitancy is a couple of things. Shanahan, Shanahan is a favorite. Yeah, no, I don't love that 49ers defense. I to me, they've been like the most overrated unit in the league all year. Here, you know, people on the broadcast, like, oh man, this 49ers defense, this 49ers front love was very comfortable. I know, like, love threw a couple interceptions. One of them, I, I mean, if, I, I didn't feel like they were forced by pressure, it was just sort of bad throws. I feel like you can run it on them. I feel like you throw it on them. Green Bay. I mean, speaking of team that left the game on the table, Green Bay got a bad spot in the quarterback sneak. Uh, they missed the kick, they didn't finish out that drive that would have ended the game. Green Bay really should have won the game. I don't know, yeah. Green Bay. 49ers are very good on offense. It's interesting. I've never seen a team though where they lose one of their key guys and they're just they they they're so diminished by one loss of a player. Whether it's hey, if Debo's out, they're not the same team. If they lose Trent Williams, they're not the same team. So his status is important. I don't know. I'm a little concerned. That was a very alarming performance the other night. Yeah, it's a great point. I actually agree about the 49ers uh, defense. I actually think their defense is average. But with that being said, the Lions defense is bad. It so is. Uh, if it's like a 49ers Ravens Super Bowl, actually the 49ers are going to be favored again. They're what, like four and a half point favorites against the Ravens in the regular season? Six and a half point favorites. They, yeah, that big. Of, yeah, um, I will take the Ravens. And that's and it's because the Ravens are a lot more balanced team. The 49ers have a lot better offense, um, in my opinion. But uh, the 49ers, I agree. I think their defense is overrated. Not a bad defense, um, but a lot of metrics, they're around middle of the pack. And, um, yeah, and yeah, I think with the Debo injury, I think the 49ers playbook is so personnel dependent that when you lose a player, especially mid-game, it's like as if like your playbook's getting, like a third of it's getting chopped off and you can't use it because there are so many plays that are Debo plays that you sure. can't just plug in some other guy in the depth chart and run those same plays. So if he's out this week, I don't think it'll hurt them as much as I did this past week. Cause I think if you, if you know that your player is out, you can prepare a little bit more, but if it's mid game and you lose Debo, I think like your like I said, I think your playbook, like it's a third of it gets chopped off. You just can't use it. And we think he's playing. You think it's 50, 50. Uh, I would say 50, 50. I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of hard to find reports this early in the week, but it's, right. And then it's Hopefully not as simple as hey he plays or he doesn't. I mean he could play but not be a hundred percent right. Like I mean that's that's still significant. Any feel on either one of these totals? Um, 
I like the, I would lean towards the over in the Lions 49ers goes back to the same points that I kind of made Lions defense stinks. 49ers defense is overrated. Both offenses are great. So probably the over, even though it's a relatively high total. Um, And then the under uh, with the Chiefs and the Ravens. Um, I can't see that being a shootout. But the two secondaries are two of the top three secondaries in the NFL. Uh, The top three secondaries, and I don't think you can really argue it this year, was the Browns, Ravens, and Chiefs. So there's not going to be a lot of yards through the air. So that's why I like the Ravens, because what team uh, can stop the run better and run the ball better uh, offensively? It's the Ravens. Uh, But when that comes to a total, a game where you're going to have to rely on the run game doesn't exactly uh, lend to it being a high-scoring affair. So I'll take the under and Chiefs-Ravens over in lines 49ers. So it sounds like you you, you got a 49ers-Ravens Super Bowl. Who would you pick? Uh, Ravens. Uh, Ravens, I just like think, you. are a little bit... I mean, I, I, I'm not going to... If that Super Bowl happens, yeah. like we said, they're going to be the underdogs. I'll take the points. Um, I'm not going to take the Ravens outright, but I just think the Ravens are a lot more balanced team. Um, and the 49ers, especially they've had issues stopping the run this season as well. Now I'm not taking the Ravens because of the result, um, against the 49ers, 49ers late in the season. I thought that was a little bit of an outlier game. I thought the 49ers were on some, got some bad luck in that game. I think it's gonna be a lot closer for sure. Um, but I still think stylistically the advantage goes, goes with the Ravens and most likely they're going to be getting three and a half, four and a half points. I'll, I'll take those points of the Ravens. Offshore has a look ahead, Super Bowl lineup, 49, 49ers minus two. That's I'm not surprised. I mean, I, I think the more and I was I've been of the belief, hey, like I'm bet, NFC versus AFC. Like they have those lines to win the Super Bowl. I've been betting NFC. I've been saying, hey, NFC is a good bet. There is something in my mind where maybe the AFC is just better than the NFC. I mean, think about it. The Ravens killed the Lions. They killed the 49ers. I know these are small sample sizes, but even like the crappy Dolphins beat the Cowboys. The Bills buried the Cowboys. You look at some of these AFC, NFC crossover, like 49ers had three losses to the AFC. They lost to PJ Walker. They lost to the Bengals. They lost to the Ravens. Maybe the AFC is just better than the NFC. Is that possible? Yeah, that's certainly possible. I'm just confused because the 49ers six and a half point home yes. favorites to the Ravens not that long ago. That was what? what we Christmas. is on Christmas Day. So that yes. wasn't that long ago. So yeah, okay. So you go from a home Losing game a couple for points 40... for home field. And then sure, now it's at neutral site. The... Yeah, a couple But points. usually you don't see books like correct that much because a team won a game. Usually they kind of stick to their guns. So I, I thought because it was six and a half, four and a half, maybe three and a half, um, I'm surprised prize it's less than a field goal um i don't know if i'd still take the ravens i i, I was i was assuming i'd get a a field goal worth of points of the ravens we'll see if it changes obviously and obviously we don't know if this is going to be the super bowl matchup but uh i guess i would probably still take the two points of the ravens i think but i certainly don't love it as much as i would have if i was getting a field goal i think part of it is too the six and a half was probably just a little high i mean there yeah. wasn't there, there's not i mean you what give a point and a half for home field the 49ers are not five points better than the ravens that was probably just a bad line back then I will say one interesting thing about that game, the 49ers outgained them in terms of yards per play, 6.3 sure. to 5.4. So, I mean, maybe that was the Ravens defense getting soft after they had a big lead. Um, but I, I certainly uh, agree that I don't think the final score was truly indicative of how good these two teams are. All right, last one before we get, get you out of here. Anybody in college basketball, I know you're, you're a big college basketball guy, anyone in college hoops that is underrated, under the radar, um, and who's the best team in college basketball? So I'll, I'll let you go anywhere, you, any direction you want here with college hoops. Uh, one team, I think, I, I don't know about underrated, but a team under, underrated in the futures market. If you want to place a, a long shot bet uh, in terms of the futures market on a team right now, I was looking at Michigan State 50 to 1. Um, they were highly ranked heading into the season, if I remember correctly. 
but they got off to a terrible start to the year. Uh, specifically, their shooting was terrible. They, they couldn't make a basket. But over the past month, month plus, their shooting has skyrocketed. They're now all of a sudden like a top, I think almost a top 50 shooting team uh, in the country. They're good offensively, good defensively. They've been good defensively all season. So I'm not saying they're the best team in college basketball right now. But if you're looking for a value bet, I don't think anyone uh, uh, on the top of the odds list really has any betting value right now. Um, I think if you're looking for a value bet, Michigan State at 50 to 1 is a pretty good play. If you were to ask me right now who's the best team in college basketball, I'd probably say UConn. I'm with you. That was a uh, that was a. I watched a lot of them last week against Creighton. Creighton's a good team, man. They just kick Creighton's ass. So yeah, it's been a while since we've had a back to back champ, and who knows, tournament, single elimination, anything can happen. They got a chance to make a run here. Ian, you're the best man. Let everyone know where they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. On Twitter slash X uh, at Ian Mac Betts. It's Ian with two eyes. I A I N Mac Betts. Uh, and check out the Bacon Bets podcast. Um, that'll be released later this week. I'll give a little bit more of in-depth and some player props uh, for conference championship weekend as well. All right, man. Good catching up. Hopefully we'll do this again down the road. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. Take care. All right. That will do it. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you to Ian McMillan. We will be back Friday breaking down all of these championship games. Before you know, we'll be breaking down baseball. Some college basketball, NBA, as these seasons change over as the NFL winds down. So appreciate you guys listening. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, all of that. See you guys Friday.